365 Success app offers a simple daily tip for a more balanced life. 365 Success is a one-year plan over six levels where a new tip is displayed each day. The people behind 365 Success are academic and creative life hackers Dr. Nisha O'Reilly, Dr. Graham Hughes and Marie O'Riordan. Discover 365 Success, available now in the App Store. Hello and welcome to episode 21 of Purple Psychology. I'm Marie O'Riordan. Further information as always at purplepsychology.com. Dr. Nisha O'Reilly, welcome. Thank you. We've been asked a question by a listener in the United Kingdom about specific health issues relating to personality types. Okay, so obviously I'm not a medical doctor, so I'm doing this purely on terms of what I've seen with students. And what's very interesting is that all the students who come to me are kind of in crisis mode in one way or another. Like they're not happy in school, they're not doing very well in school, there's, there's always some challenge going on in the background. And they're certainly not achieving their true potential. So they're always working really hard and putting far more in for what they actually get out, right? Um, and that's, that's quite a negative space to be in. And people are either head people or stomach people. So they will either end up missing school because they constantly have headaches or they constantly have stomach ache. So I always like, you know, sort of see where, where people's anxiety is held. And some people definitely internalize their problems more than others and the people who internalize their problems tend to have more kind of headaches or stomach problems going on and they will also like we we quite often do um, dream diaries with our clients because they will tend to have very um vivid nightmares um, and it tends to be a cycle they go into and obviously the more visual you are the more um, wacky your nightmares are um, which is quite interesting. Now we're on to your favourite topic in the world, joint writing. Yeah so I've been asking people for months, actually probably for years, why do we do joint writing? It's like one of the most stressful things from school okay so if we got rid of homework and we got rid of joint writing people might actually like school um, I did some research into this, you know, why do we still do it? So we're living in an era of technology and people are afraid that people are going to lose script. So I agree, you know, I, I think handwriting is really good. Um, personally, I can't think without a pen or a marker set in my hand. Um, um, people who are highly visual have to map out their ideas. So I, I fully agree with that, though I do use an iPad a lot for other things, but I will always go back to paper. And I think it's really important also to have a paper record and you know to see ideas develop obviously it's been proven that we we think quite differently in how we relate to something we read in technology and how we read off the paper and mm -hmm. um, they're starting to show evidence that our brain thinks about those things slightly differently so from my point of view like i i do read books but i also use kindle but interestingly because of my dyslexia with certain settings on, on kindle i can read and take in information better so i tend to read my work related stuff on kindle and i tend to read my non-related work stuff in books so I keep the two, the two sides going. Considering you have profound dyslexic spectrum disorder, you read a phenomenal amount every day. Yes, but I realise that my reading and writing are not natural skills. Um, so it's only by practice of doing both of those things that I actually manage to me remember how to. I'm constantly memorising patterns in order to be able to function well. Also, you keep... A record of everything you read so when I look at the stats of the books you read every week 
I just find, like me, you know, not having dyslexia and being able to read anything that's put in front of me and reading for pleasure and reading for business and to see how much you go through. It's just, um, is this because of your academic background or just because of who you are? Um, I don't know. I, 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 get, I get a lot out of reading and I, I suppose I find, even, even though it's difficult, I certainly find it a lot more relaxing than TV. I've never really been a TV person. Well, we don't own televisions, either of us. Yes, but I like I'll, I'll watch a certain amount of TV, but I don't necessarily find that I that I sleep well after television because I have too visual a mind, so I tend to have a lot of nightmares. Let's expand on that because people, you know, separately and together, they find it very strange that we're not television owners. Yeah, well, I, I suppose I didn't have a TV when I was very young. We didn't have one in the house. And actually, it was great for my imagination. And when I went and worked with Mocknus, um, the street theatre group in Galway, I was very interested to see that a lot of the children there didn't have TV, and they actually had this amazing imagination. Like, um, I worked there for a summer making, you know, costumes and props and stuff for a parade and for a theatre show. And there was all these children from, oh, I don't know, you know, crawling around the ground, babies, right up to about five or six or seven, nine, ten. And they were all playing together, creating amazing stuff. All the off-cast material that we weren't using was sort of dumped into them and they just made these elaborate you know um costumes and acted out plays and you know and um, it was it was quite fascinating to watch and um, the difference in creativity with small children who actually didn't have a tv and following on with mentors because the people that Machnus mentored with in the continent we actually saw them doing a street performance recently on the continent in europe yeah el chameleon um who are amazing um and it i think um Mocknus did learn a lot from them because there's a big focus on their costumes and um, the colour and the way that they're lit up and so on. And the only difference, I suppose, between El Caminian and Mocknus is, is that El Caminian tend to be smaller and they actually expect the crowd to follow them, mm -hmm. which people which find... Which we did. <laughs> yeah, but people find that very strange. So when they came to Ireland um, a good few years ago, people in Ireland didn't know what to make of this, like, because there were all these, like, these little groups of them were all around performing together and they all had these handheld fireworks and they couldn't understand why they kept disappearing. But all the Spanish people in Dublin who'd come to see them went and followed them and, and realised that all the little groups met up with each other mm. and did something somewhere else. Um, but the Irish people were just standing there waiting, like, what are you going to do uh, next? What's going on, like? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so it, it, they're, they're, they're similar but different. <clears throat> so, yeah, so joint writing. So, reasons we do joint writing um, is supposedly so that we can understand historical documents is another big oh, thing. Ah, come on! Yeah, no, but this is really funny because I actually have a historical document yes, you do. from the 1600s. And what, it's a title deed for a piece of land in the UK. Um, my uncle gave it to me because uh, he collected things like that and he thought I might like it. And what's really brilliant about it is that the person who signed for their title deed couldn't write, so their signature is a Pacific fold which is attached to the document, and that's how you knew that they had actually signed for their piece of title deed. So that kind of throws that idea out the window for me. <laughs> um, so, yes, I think we should do writing in school. I think writing is very unique to your personality. Um, it's, um, it's incredibly important. To be told that your writing is not good enough is being told that you are not good enough. Um, I detest the concept 
of pen passes and pen, pen license and class it's a killer yeah so you, what you find is that there's always one or two children who are not allowed to use a pen yet even though it is easier to write with a pen and a marker i always get my students to work with markers because they're much easier to work with and when you um there's a big correlation between dyslexia and between thinking too fast for your writing so markers allow you to write faster um, and so you get over the hurdles and then you can go back and make it tidy. Um, so by forcing people to write in pen, we're forcing them to write too slow for how their mind is actually thinking. So that's a big discrepancy and a big problem. But that child will always be left as the last person to be allowed to use a pen. And we're also not promoting ergonomic pens enough. So there's a huge amount of left-handed pens out there now for people. Mm -hmm. um, and there's one pen in particular that I show to a lot of people, which they really love using. And if they're very kinesthetic, they love the feel of it and how they hold it. Yeah, I'm profoundly kinesthetic and ambidextrous. So I use those ergonomic pens and I find them the best I've ever picked up, just yeah. because I love the touchy-feely element of it. Yeah, but the type of pen you use really matters to you. The worst thing to use are biros. Um, I don't understand why people are using them. Some personalities do not actually map out their ideas as joint writing. So they need to think about each specific letter being separate. And I don't write in joint writing. I still write in print writing. I've been writing in print writing since I started writing in school. And I don't know why we're forcing some people to do joint writing when it really doesn't suit their thought process. So there's a lot of different layers that are being put on top of people. And, you know, you speak to people years later where they tell you stories of, oh, I remember, like, you know, my writing being slagged off by the teacher and it was too big and it was too this and it was too that. But this other teacher turned around and said to me, oh, you know, your writing is you and don't worry about it. And, you know, there's people still carrying these stories around with them 30 mm. and 40 years later. It's what, like... We're definitely doing something wrong. I often hear, you know, people will criticise someone, but cloak it and say, oh, it's nothing personal. And I always turn around and say, am I supposed to take it impersonally? Um, and then the last point is that there is a huge percentage of the population who cannot read joint writing. The people quite often who are choosing not to do joint writing are choosing not to do it because they find it impossible to read themselves. And we even... Um, buy a special, we have bought a special font to use for our work. Um, so all of the reports and stuff I, I write for people are in a font that's easy to read. Yeah, we always export our documents in a PDF with special fonts. And also, you've been doing some work on the techie side on websites for that as well. Yeah, so I, I'm, 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 I'm really fussy about what fonts are picked. What I found amazing was that you actually, four years prior to when the dyslexic fonts became popular, you'd already been using them. Yeah, I, I'd already, um, and I, I'd actually gone out and purchased a special font for, for the work for this school um, prior to that. And, um, you know, what you're looking for is a font that's very rounded. Um, I show people in the Kindle settings that they should be picking certain fonts to use to read. It also matters a great deal the spacing between the individual letters and the spacing between the lines. Um, and you're looking for something where the small letters and the big letters look significantly different from each other. You also do this on a consultancy basis for website development because not all of people's customers are, you know, proficient at reading quickly or reading at all. Yes, and it depends on your industry base. Like in, in some industries, you would have, you know, you would have higher than 60%. You might have 80% of the people going to your sites that are that have not actually finished school and they've not finished school for a good reason. And there was certainly one company in particular comes to mind. We were in touch with the uh, 
the top person yesterday and when they made those tweaks uh, you know sales increased yeah it's it's they're very small changes but they're big changes when someone goes to your site to be able to read it and inter interact with it thank you for being here dr nisha o'reilly thank you further information on purple psychology on the podcast at purplepsychology.com that is episode 21 thanks for listening 365 Success app offers a simple daily tip for a more balanced life. 365 Success is a one-year plan over six levels where a new tip is displayed each day. The people behind 365 Success are academic and creative life hackers Dr. Nisha O'Reilly, Dr. Graham Hughes and Marie O'Reardon. Discover 365 Success, available now in the App Store.